What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Penn Town's Finest Podcast. I am your host, Dante, and welcome. And today I'm going to be talking about the iPhone event and D D23, the Disney so-called. How can I put it? Uh, a uh, Comic Con type of event. <clears throat> Excuse me, but yeah, let's go and get into it. Now, I knew there was going to be an iPhone event, but I, I thought it would be sometime next month, right? So, so Apple had an event for the iPhone 14. Now, it's like four different versions. There's the iPhone 14, the iPhone 14 Plus, the iPhone iPhone 14 Pro, the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Now the uh, the screen sizes are very similar. Well, yeah, very similar. With well, iPhone 14, the iPhone 14, the iPhone 14 Pro are 6.1 inch displays. But the difference was going to be between the two is that the I guess the regular iPhone 14 is going to have the A15 Bionic chip in it, right? Five core processor, all those things. The Pro was going to have a six core I16 Bionic chip. You know, step up from, I guess, the baseline model, if you want to call it. Now, the 14 Pro and Plus, their 6.7 inch. Very similar chips, like you got the 15 with the uh, Plus, you got the uh, the 16 with the Max, and they have a new feature called the Display Island, or whatever, <laughs> if that's what, it, uh, yeah, something like that, but that looked like a very interesting feature, nothing groundbreaking, nothing new, well, it's new somewhat, but as far as the Apple lineup, but it's been done before. But I like the feature that I saw, how you can check on downloads, your, uh, you know, I use Spotify. And one of the things with, like, you know, the iPhone has always been, the native apps always are up to date when it comes to software updates, and they get the features right away. But this comes with, like, most of the uh, apps work right away. So Spotify works perfectly fine with this feature. So I was like, all right, cool. That looks cool. And... <clears throat> It's pretty interesting that that software developers actually caught up to all the software updates that come with, you know, these Apple iPhones and all these other features that come along with them. And they also talked about the Apple Watch Series 8. I got the SE, so I got the baseline of the base. So, for me, like, I've never been, like, a big Apple Watch guy. I had to get one every year. But new features, new software features, you know, those things. But I want to talk about the Apple Watch Series 8 Ultra. This is, like, their heavy-duty version of the watch. And one of the interesting things about it, they... Ask people who do like heavy, extreme, like.
like rock climbing, snow climbing, underwater, you know, I guess photography, camera work, photography work, and all these other um, aspects of like high intense environmental stuff where you're in some of the worst conditions when it comes to, you know, physical peak performance to whatever you're doing, right? So this Ultra Watch is like a souped up Superman type of version of this watch. It's thicker as far as the size of the watch. It's much thicker, a little bit bigger. And it has like this button where you can get these certain features from it where it allows you to kind of keep track of everything. Use the satellite dishes if you get and you're if you're in a space where a cell tower is nowhere near and all these type of things. <clears throat> so and it's like seven hundred dollars, so it ain't no baseline models, it's just seven hundred dollars up front. It looks interesting as far as what a watch does. I would never get one because I don't need all those extra features and stuff because I don't do underwater work. I don't run miles in the sun. I don't climb mountains. I would, but I, I wouldn't. It's not a part of my physical <laughs> training regiment. So for me, I'm not, you know, big keen on it. But, you know, I, I can't wait to see the YouTubers that's going to get it and do their reviews on it. And stay tuned for that. But it was very interesting to see this Apple event. Now, they're supposed to have another one next month. Curious to see what's going to be there. But we'll just wait and see. And go from there. And they also talked about AirPods Pro. I have the AirPods Pro. Don't like them. Because the things don't stay in my ear. I just have weirdly shaped ears. Let's just say that. So for me, it's I never used them as much. I should have got the uh, recent up, updated ones from like their the design is similar to the old ones, but they got a little bit of a diagonal look to them where they come more downward. And like the previous versions of them, the actual first generation of them. Fit my ear perfectly. I mean, you know, after a while, they hurt after a while being in the air, but the overall earbud experience was like pretty good with those, so I didn't really complain as much. So for me, I would kind of like those, so I think I might get those instead of the AirPod Pro. I guess I wouldn't call them twos, but but now with the case, you have a you have a little loop thing on there. You can put like a string or something on them so you don't lose them. They got a speaker that's a little bit bigger. So if you misplace them, you can ping them. And you can charge them now wirelessly with your MagSafe charger or your iPhone, not iPhone, your Apple Watch charger. Because the ones I got seem to have a hard time charging wirelessly for some odd reason. But these are supposed to be better as far as the magnetic seal when it comes to the charger. And you get a better charge with these. I mean, I'm not a big reviewer of phones and features because I'm trying to wean myself off of using my phone as much as far as social media and all these other things but for most people it's a worthy update because I, I think I got the 
the 10 Max? 10, the 10, what was it? The 10 Pro Max, whatever. So I'm due for up upgrade. Not sure if I'm going to get it, but, you know, being locked in these so-called lease for two years because it's no longer contracts. They lease phones now. Same thing. They just spun the word. But I'll wait and see if I'm going to take that plunge because I think everybody on the plane is ready for an upgrade. Not sure if I want to take it yet, but just wait around. Stay patient for that, and we'll see what happens. But now I want to transition into Disney's D23 event. I'm mostly going to be talking about Lucasfilm and Marvel, right? Star Wars, you mostly got you got the Andor. That comes out next week by the time this podcast is posted. The new series should be coming out next Wednesday. I think it's coming with three episodes to launch with, which is good because it gives you time to kind of get into the show. Now, this is supposed to be a 12-episode show. After three episodes, it's supposed to jump a year. So you're going to get like a four-year process. Hold on. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a four-year process throughout this whole season because they said next season is going to be another 12. And I'm not sure they're doing the same thing, but with this one, I know they're doing that. Um, looks pretty good. Now, when I watched Rogue One, I actually enjoyed that movie as far as a Star Wars movie. It gave you a bit of a backstory how they got the planes, how they set up the whole thing. Kind of like that story. Really was digging that one. So to see Andor come back and kind of build up towards that, you know, final mission is interesting. Now they showed the trailer for Mandalorian season three. Man, that show looks good. Like, the first two seasons were solid. I mean, the book of Boba Fett was a bit of a uh, letdown. But the Mandalorian's on point, and this one looks just as good as the first two seasons. Now, supposedly, he's supposed to be battling for the title of Mandalore in this one, but I don't know. So, this is just hearsay from me right now. But from the glimpse of what I've seen in the trailer, that's what it seemed like it's going by. And that's what it's going to be. We have to wait and see until the show actually comes out. And it comes out sometime next year, which is fine because I know the Andor show is coming out, like I said, next week. And they, I guess they want to give some breathing room for that. But, you know, that's out there. They talked about Indiana Jones. I'm curious to see what they're going to do after this movie because Harrison Ford is 80 years old and he's done. He's not doing another one. Are they going to kind of like jump into modern times and have like his great grandson take on the mantle and kind of go on with the Indiana Jones story because I'd rather them do that than do a prequel not a prequel like a reboot in modern day because it would make no sense because that's always been like in the 50s and 60s so I'm like hoping they don't do that hopefully they do something Modernize it. Make it for today in modern times. Have a great great grandson, basically named after you know his grandfather, Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Then go from there, and hopefully somebody who steps into the shoes of that has the same charisma as Harrison Ford. But from what they talked about, 
they said this is supposed to be a great movie. Let's hope so. Because the Kingdom of Crystal Skull was a little bit to the left as far as driving off a cliff. But to each his own. Like, I watched it, had the DVD. Because I did really, I don't think, I don't, I didn't never watch the, the first, the original trilogy. Because I just was young at the time, didn't really know Indiana Jones. Then I, once I got older, I watched the fourth one. Then when, you know, when Netflix had the DVDs, I went back and watched the original trilogy. I kind of I like movies like that. I like that suspense type of thriller. What's going to happen? What's the treasure? What's the the MacGuffin as they call it? And I always like those type of movies. The mystery of what if and this is some of it based in like history, is a little spin on it, those type of things. I always like that historical value of those type of movies. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. um Jason Mango did this one. And that's the guy from uh, Logan, the Wolverine movie, which was, oh man, that was a classic Wolverine story. That was done well. And it's up there. It's up there as far as one of the you know I mean best comic book movies out there. But they also had this Tales of the Jedi, little shorts about Ahsoka Atana. I guess you give a little bit of a backstory of how she became who she is today. I watched to see. I watched the uh, what's that? The clone. What is it? The Clone Wars animation season when it came out. It's all right. I'm not a big diehard Star Wars fan, so I'm not like in depth with all the lore when it comes to Star Wars. Because they also showed off Bad Batch, which when I hear. I have watched the uh, first season, but a lot of people were saying how the first few episodes was bad, and then it just took off from there, and then it became a great show as the show went on. Didn't watch it, but that's what like a lot of the verdict was. Like the first three episodes was like bad, but people gotta understand like when you have to set up a whole new storyline, it's slow in some cases, and that's what I've heard about the recent. I believe the Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power, which is that's one of the things they say. It's a, it's a good show. It drags, though. So, I'll, once that gets like halfway through, then I'll start watching it and kind of build up and see the rest of the uh, episodes. Because when it comes to watching a show that drags, it can turn you off real quick if you ain't got more episodes to keep you engaged. So, I kind of I'm holding off with that one. They also show Willow. I guess this is going to be Disney and Star Wars or Lucasfilm's version of, you know, the fantasy, mystical type of show. It was a movie back in the 80s, and now they're doing a show. But I don't know how many episodes are going to be. But it looks interesting. It brings most of the cast back, and I, I think Christian Slater is supposed to play a part in the two. So... Trailer looked okay from what I've seen. Looks pretty interesting. Like, I'll watch it. You know, it's on Disney Plus. I'll watch it. If I love it, then I'll love it. If I don't, oh, well, it's okay. So now we get into the Marvel 
information and stuff I would like to talk about. If you did not know, you will know now that Marvel is my like therapeutic place to be. Marvel characters, Marvel movies, all the Marvel stuff. So that's like therapeutic for me. I really like and enjoy those characters and all those things. I mean, I like DC as well, but Marvel was like that one comic book company that grabbed my attention before DC did. And the crazy thing is because they had both animated series back when I was younger. But it was that Spider-Man animated series and that X-Men that made me just like love Marvel. And the Batman animated series made me love DC. Well, just Batman. Then the Superman came out and I liked Superman. And I really liked the, the, the dynamic between those two. That's why I wish they would have did more with them in live action. With Batman and Superman. Just them. I think they should have did like a Batman versus Superman. Not versus Superman. Like Batman and Superman Public Enemy. Or Batman and Superman Apocalypse. Something like that. Like the animated cartoon movies. They should have did something like that in live action. Or took both of those stories and blend them into one story and just made a live action movie. I would love to have seen that more of that, but they did. But back then, Marvel and that Spider Man cartoon and that X Men cartoon was, you know, the ones that got me really involved with Marvel characters. So now let me just get this out front before I even go any further. Marvel did not announce the cast. For Fantastic Four. They just named the director. And that was it. I guess they want to save it for a mid credit scene or end credit scene. Because if... I guess they don't... That, that's just how I feel. I feel like they don't want to tell you the cast. They want to show you the cast. They want to show you the cast of the Fantastic Four. On... An end credit scene or mid credit scene. That's the only thing I can think of. Because they probably have their cast locked in. And they don't want to say it. They just want, they'd rather show it. And that would be my approach. That's the way I'm looking at it. It's them. They have their cast. And they don't want to show them at, the, at an event. They want to show them. Um, on a mid-credit scene or end-credit scene. That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can come up with that that's more the wait-and-see approach the way I look at it. So, that's well, that's that. They talked about Black Panther. Now, Brian, Ryan, I said, I'm about to say Brian Coogler. Ryan Coogler said that he's still in the editing room cutting up the movie. Which I'm curious to know how long this movie is going to be. The last two Marvel movies, Thor Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness, were less than two hours and a little over two hours. Right, because Thor: Love and Thunder was like an hour and fifty-five minutes, and supposedly it was a rumor that the the Disney execs wanted that movie under two hours. Uh, I, look, I don't know, 
But same thing with Doctor Strange, I believe that had a similar stitch, uh, st- stipulation to it that it had to be under two hours. I could be wrong about that, but that's what the rumors were floating around. But here or there, how long would this movie be? Now, The Eternals was a two and a half hour movie, right? Most Marvel movies are like two hours and ten minutes. So I'm curious to see how long this movie is going to be because you have to set up a whole new race of characters as far as the, not the Atlanteans, but they're called something else. Namor, Namor's sister, uh, Atuma, which will eventually be a villain. You got the aspect of T'Challa being sick and being replaced by Shiri. All these things. But from what they were saying is that the movie's still in the editing bay. And they're introducing new characters. And they're basically, they affirm that Shuri is the next Black Panther, which a lot of us suspected anyway because they did that in the comics. So, but the storyline of how it goes, they did not mention. But I believe another trailer should be coming out this month or early next month because the movie comes out in November. You're not just gonna have one trailer, you're gonna have your second trailer, that's gonna be your final trailer, and a couple of TV spots in between. They don't really do too many because it's an established brand, so they don't have to do so much advertisement for it. So that's why I believe it's either come by the end of the month or early next month. And I will say this. You should have an Ant-Man trailer coming next month. Definitely. Because you want to play Ant-Man in front of the Black Panther movie. Because that comes out in February. And you're going to want to have it tagged with Avatar The Way of Water. The sequel to that original Avatar. So, makes a lot of sense, right? So, but I'll get into that a little later. But that's what I believe is going to happen. The next Black Panther trailer should come out, like I said, either later this month or early next month. Because, you know, the movie comes out November 11th or 16th, one of those days. So, you kind of want a, a second trailer to get everybody hyped up and amped up for that. And like I said, you're going to want an Ant-Man trailer for this movie as well. So when you go to see this movie, you got the Ant-Man trailer hot on your tracks to see the next Marvel movie that's coming out soon. So definitely you're going to get a trailer for Ant-Man next month. And you're probably going to get it tagged with Black Panther Wakanda forever. But... Interested to see how that movie plays out and how that storyline is going to go because once they went from there, they transitioned into Ironheart, which Ryan Coogler is the executive producer on. So he's playing a major part of you know how that storyline is going to play out. And basically what their description of that was is that you have magic and you have technology against one another. And the thing is what people fail to realize and don't really understand either that's what Dr. Doom is. Dr. Doom is technology and magic blended into one. And imagine somebody with technological powers with a suit that has certain type of technical powers knows the dark arts of magic and is 
intelligent level is like one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? So that's the type of person Doctor Doom is. So that's what this show was based off. So I wonder if there's any gonna be any any like hints to that in that show. So it's gonna be a six episode show. I'm fine with a six episode. Some people have a problem with it, but I don't. But you've seen like, you know, leaked photos of her in this this big mech type of suit and it's huge on her. And you don't really get many details, but basically she when she's in MIT, she's, you know, creating her own suit of armor. Still curious to see if they're gonna have the Tony AI to it, which they may or may not. Or, like I said, he already knew about this young lady and just waited for her to become, you know, whatever. You know how it is. Waited for her to get to her peak potential as far as her intelligence. And now she, you know, running, hit the ground running. But that's a good thing. So I wanted, I'm curious to see if it's going to be similar directorial style to it. So who's the, I don't even know who the director is of that show or is it two directors I don't know because to me when the shows I have different directors the show feels different in some cases to me like with Kate Herring and I forgot the woman's name who did uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier they kind of it felt like one complete story from the same person and this different style were the same throughout the whole thing now that's just my opinion because it's only six episodes why you need more than one one director but I'm just that's the way I'm looking at it. so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure who the director is or directors of it but I'm curious to see since Ryan Cooley executive producer of it how the style of it is going to be is it going to feel like a Black Panther's type of style and that Ryan Cooler style of directing I have to wait and see but interesting how they described it as was magic versus technology so that's never been done before because the hood is in there and he kind of uses dark magic what if it's going to be like like I said a reference to Dr. Doom with that but having said that let's transition to what I was talking about earlier with the Ant-Man trailer now supposedly the description of what I've read and what I've heard is that Kang needs Scott to steal something for him if he wants his daughter back and the curious thing is and everybody's asking why does he need Scott for that you know, not like a big surprise, but interesting way on how they're going to do that. With what does he need for him to steal? You know what I mean? Like, what does he need Scott Lang for to steal? And basically the description of what I've read is that Cassie Lang has been tampering with the quantum realm and making a bridge towards there. Everybody gets sucked in. And then they're in this city where Bill Murray's at. Kang shows up and you see MODOK there. MODOK has like a robotic face. Some people were upset about that, but... How can you explain a human, like a, a little tiny legs and tiny arms, flying head, talking? Yeah, that works in cartoons and comics, but how would you, would you believe that in a live action movie? 
it, you you could, but you kind of wouldn't believe it as much if it didn't look like something tangible. But to each his own, to some people's feelings about the way he looks. But and some people believe it's Corey Stoll from the first yeah the first Ant Man, so they believe he got sucked in and got transformed to that. Depending on the backstory with that, I would understand and make sense, but as I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, he did kind of like break up and crinkle up into a tiny being, but like broke every bone in his body, shrunk down. So, kind of makes sense, but I'm curious to see, like, is that the city, like the city we, they say we saw, is that where they went to, or is it someplace else in the quantum realm? So, we'll wait and see. Like I said, I believe a trailer's coming out next month. I believe they're going to put that trailer with Black Panther Wakanda forever like I said I think midway through October you should get the trailer for that because like I said they want to put it on with Ant-Man not Ant-Man with Black Panther because if everybody's going to go see Black Panther what's the next Marvel movie and putting that with that and to put it with Avatar which is probably going to be another big movie so let's wait and see what happens with that now I want to talk about Loki season 2 now, some people believe Loki Season 2 is basically Loki warning the Avengers of Kang coming. That sounds very interesting, but we don't know. That's just people's speculations. But that would be a very interesting twist to the whole thing of messing with time, but I guess giving a heads up in time. Because... They say this space continuum, if you change things in the past and all that other stuff. I'm not going to go deep into that. But if you was to tell somebody to be prepared for somebody coming, would that, you know, change things? But I'm curious to see where this season goes because, you know, at the end of the first season, we got Kang the Conqueror running the TVA or a version of it. So... Not much was said, but they added another cast member, a guy from uh, Indiana Jones movie. I forgot the actual guy's name, but it's an Asian guy. And they said he, he ran into Harrison Ford. He did the movie, I believe it's, it's Later of the Lost, um, Lost Tomb. Uh, maybe butchering that name. But he was in that movie, I believe. So They also talked about Echo. And so what they did was they brought out Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox. What surprises me the most is that Charlie Cox's actual British voice is nothing like what you get in Daredevil. And that's the that's the amazing part of acting where people can like dive into a character. And then when you hear their actual like everyday voice, you like you're the same person. Like his British accent is very like thick and it's like a high pitched voice. Because in the show, he has like a deep tone type of voice. And that's what like shocked me the most. I was like, well, this is the same guy. But they basically said, this is not the same Daredevil from the Netflix series. This is a totally new one. And and they showed footage of uh, Kingpin with the eye patches on. Because in the comics, she shot him. He went blind. Got some robotic or cosmetic eyes. And he could see again. Comics. So that comes with the whole thing with comics. But they talked about them two showing up in Echo. Because the recent episode of She-Hulk, it referenced the Daredevil. Well, like I said, you just see his suit. 
So it referenced him as far as coming in the next episode. Then you have the Echo series that comes out next year. And then the following year, you got Daredevil Born Again. Now, this is supposed to be an 18-episode season. Now, what it sounds like, it's two seasons in one because they do like nine episodes a season in some series. So this is going to be 18 episodes. So basically, it's like a two-season series. So I wonder what the budget's going to be and what type of tone the show's going to have. We know it's not going to be bloody and gory, but it can have some dark moments in it, but just not, you know, horrific deaths, you know, gruesome type of looks as far as, you know, body parts, guts hanging out, things like that. Well, they can do that because they did do the parental controls, but, you know, Marvel wants it family friendly for everybody because the more people you can get subscribed to Disney Plus, you the more, you know, revenue that comes in with that. But with all those three shows, basically... Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox is just, you know, came in and they rolling. Because Vincent told Charlie, he's like, yo, they're going to call us back. Watch, they're going to call us back. And he was like, no, it's over. He's like, no, he said Marvel's going to call us back. And they did. Because you got Daredevil showing up in Spider-Man, No Way Home. You got Kingpin showing up in Hawkeye in the very last episode. Because you've seen him. Right before the last the episode, before the last, you see that's the guy we've been talking about, the kingpin. It was Vincent D'Onofrio. I said, "Oh, they did it. They brought him in there." And he's had the same thing with his voice. He has a different voice than his actual character's voice, and it's funny because he talks like <laughs> he has something to prove. <laughs> so he kind of has that type of tone. Curious of why he took that direction, but you know, to each his own with that one. But. They showed off Secret Invasion. Now, this is a big storyline in the comics, you know, where a lot of big name people were replaced with scrolls. Now, if you go back and actually go on Disney Plus, there's the um, animated show called Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And they really kind of dig deep into this storyline because it, it's, it's set up with the end of season one and then it plays out through like four episodes of the scroll invasion so bits and pieces it was not in there but it was very similar as far as what happened in the animated show and then what happened in the comics like i said basically a lot of these scrolls replace high level people in high level places like certain senators congressmen like uh certain heroes and Nick Fury figured out all of this. And you go back and read the comic. He figured out all of this because he's just like, he doesn't trust too many people. So he's always looking at the worst outcome when it comes to things like this. So he figured it all out. And so he started breaking it down and bringing people in he could trust. So what it seems like in the trailer, you see him and uh, Marie talk and she was like yo you've been letting my message go straight to voicemail for the past couple years he was like well yeah this is different and then it leaves you to uh wondering like wasn't Talos and his wife replacing Nick Fury and Maria Hill so where was Maria Hill the whole time we know Fury's on a ship or whatever well that could have been you know I don't know that could have been another scroll. <laughs> so never know 
But and you see, like, it got that Falcon and the Winter Soldier type of vibe as far as, you know, that suspense thriller. They called it a paranoid thriller, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I may have got that mixed up. But I like thrillers. I like that suspense of what's going to happen, who's going to be a scroll, who's going to be the real person. I like those type of aspects of a show. I love thrillers. I like that suspense of wondering who's next and who did it or who, whatever the next spin is going to be to the storyline. But they also mentioned Armor Wars going to pick up right where Secret, Secret Invasion left off. And that's interesting because in one scene in the trailer, Nick Fury asks Rhodey, like, yo, do you trust your, your security detail? He said, well, I know I've been knowing for the last 15 years about what's going on with this invasion. And so, Rhodey knows what's going on. Is that Rhodey? Or is it Scroll? And you see one time in the picture, Talos grabs one of them and then like 10 other people turn into the same guy. Because a lot of people are saying, well, aren't the Scrolls good guys? Probably the group that we've seen in Captain Marvel, they're the good guys. They don't really have no problems. They just want to have a peaceful life and just got swept into a war between the Korean scrolls. But the, some scrolls probably rebelled, you know, sleeper agents or secret agents as far as taking over the world. You know, like I said, one high ranking official at a time. So we have to wait and see like with that show. That's another six episode show. And like I was saying, Armor Wars picks up right after this show and I believe Armor Wars starts shooting next year. So Secret Invasion comes out early next year. Then Armor Wars come out the following year. So we have to, you know, wait and see. Does it? No. Because what what comes out next year? We got Loki, Echo, Secret Invasion. The Marvels, Blade. Yeah, I think Armor Wars is coming out, yeah. Probably 2024, late 2024. Yeah, so let's go with that one. But they showed, next thing I want to talk about, the Marvels. They showed the Marvels, and they said a lot's going on. So if it seemed like it's all over the place, that's basically the description I got from what I read. So when you seen at the end of Miss Marvel, Basically, these three women can switch between each other because they got they're emitting the same type of energy or similar energy, so they can switch between each other. Because it was a scene where Nick Fury is looking at Monica Ram, Captain Rambeau, and talking to her in space, and then next thing you know, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, switches with her, and now she's talking to Fury, and she don't know what just happened, and then. then Monica Rambeau switched with her and she's somewhere like they're doing a switch between each other and like they said because they're emitting the same powers now a lot of people have an issue with the fact this is going to be a comedy which I don't understand like y'all didn't like her when she was a serious tone military woman so now you're mad that they're making it a comedy like you can't please everybody so I the first movie was okay as far as you know origin story backstory things like that it was okay you see how strong she became at the very end you see she can like her binary powers are stupid but with this one is supposed to be a comedy because it's supposed to be a planet where they sing 
as far as communicating when they talk they all sing I have to see how that actually looks and plays out in the movie but that's the thing but one of the things is like I said they can switch between each other's locations no matter where they are as far as what part of space they are or whatever because they're emitting the same type of you know energy between each other they never said who the villain was of the show which is interesting and curious because you usually hear who the villain is but when I get more on it I'll talk about it in another um, podcast but yeah I'm interested, but not not uh, not breaking my neck to go see it. Like the ones I really want to see is definitely Ant Man because of Kang, Guardians to see Adam Warlock, and Blade just to see what they do with that with vampires and Mahershala Ali because that's starting to shoot next month. So next Halloween is supposed to be the, uh, the Blade movie. So look, definitely looking to see what they do with that. Uh. Next thing I want to talk about is Captain America, New World Order. Now, we all know that Sam Wilson does not have any, like, super soldier serum or any type of powers. He's just a basically regular guy with wings and uh, aerobatic combat skills, and he can fight. And he has his little trusted, you know, sidekick Red Wing. But they did bring back uh, Torres. I forgot the guy's first name, but the character who played Torres. Is coming back as the second Falcon now. He's going to play Falcon in this one. And they brung out the villain of the movie, which is Tim Blake Nelson's The Leader, which is interesting. It took 15 years to bring him back in, which is great to see that you want to keep that continuity between the movies. Now, where's Liv Tyler? If you're going to bring them two back, you gotta bring Liv Tyler back as uh, Betty Ross. You know, make her Red She-Hulk if she wants to do it. I hope she wants to do it. But yeah, so that's what. And I'm curious about that aspect of the movie because in the She-Hulk show we got Abomination. He's kind of like a different version of the Abomination. Not a different version, but it's the same person. But it's just he's not a villain anymore he's kind of like a spiritual rehabilitation guy now which is nothing wrong with that because you know that's what a correctional facility is supposed to do rehabilitate you so still waiting to see what they do with that character but they bring him back the leader and I'm curious to see how his looks going to be it's going to be CG or makeup with a little cone head type of dome curious to see what they're going to do with that but I'm interested to see what they do because they call this a paranoid thriller as well and I like that whole Captain America the Winter Soldier vibes and Civil War. And even Falcon Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I like that suspense rock, like thriller vibe to it. So hopefully it has the same type of vibe of it. But I'm still curious to see why the leader is the villain. So we have to wait and see how that story plays out in that movie. But I'm definitely curious to see that, you know, bringing him back. Because it's like, I, like sometimes I want to see Marvel's not stupid. They don't have to pay a lot of these. They create actors with a lot of money. You know, because a lot like Tim Blake Nelson is not a high priced actor. You probably can get $2 million for him. You know what I mean? But, like, uh, Anthony Mackie's going to make a big payday. You know, he's going to make it like at least 10 mil. 10 to 15. Because he's in the leading role now. And it's a Captain America role. And he's then played this character, what? I think nine times so far? 
not mistaken. It might be less, but close to it. So I'm interested to see that. So then they announced the Thunderbolts. Now this is like Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad, right? What I like about the the cast is that it's people we already know, so they don't got to explain anything. They ain't got to give us no backstory with none of these characters, so they can kind of just go straight into the movie, which is always the best way to be, I like, because same thing with the Avengers. You had your single, um, your solo movies, your Thor, your Hulk, um, Hulk, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man. You had all your solo movies, and then you get into the Avengers, and you just go straight into it. And I think that's the best way to be or do it because you don't have to do any backstory for any character anymore. You just go straight into the storyline as far as what the mission is going to be, how the story is going to play out. And that's all. So with the cast of the Thunderbolts, we got uh, Val, basically Amanda Waller. You got Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm thinking of something else to that. Then you have Red Guardian, um, David Harbour coming back to play Red Guardian. Elena Belova, Florence Pugh is playing Elena. She's the leader. You got Sebastian Stan as Bucky coming back, which is strange. Not strange, but he has been the leader of the Thunderbolts. But somebody pointed this out, and it is kind of strange. Then you have Walker, U.S. agent. John Walker and then you got Taskmaster characters we all know all seen all played out here's the thing somebody pointed out I think is true to some degree John Walker and I forgot the guy's actual Russian name but Red Guardian are basically the same people they both use shields they like versions of Captain America and Bucky kind of is but he has the arm so I'm just I'm not going to include him with this one but basically U.S. agent and Red Guardian is the same person Red Guardian is the Russian version of Captain America you just got to give him a shield like and you got Taskmaster who also has a shield so you got to have three people that's similar as far as skill sets so I'm curious to see how that's going to play out but like I said, what I like about the cast is that we already know these people, so they ain't got to do no introduction, no backstory to so anybody. So they just go straight into the mission, go straight into the story, and we move on to the next one. Right? So that's what I like about that. The cast, I'm kind of like, all right, we've seen that cast before. I'm curious to see how this movie is going to be and the tone and shape it's going to play as far as, like, is it going to be like, you know, that Captain America type of vibe, a paranoid thriller or a political thriller or a crime thriller or espionage thriller we'll have to wait and see but I'm curious to see like who's the villain who's going to be the bad guy let me just uh, wait and see I'm really looking forward to that because like I said like the cast they also talked about werewolf by night which is going to be like a 45 minute you know Hollywood spe- Hollywood Halloween special and you're going to get uh, that on October 7th and there was a cameo of Man Thing. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there is a group of like supernatural beings. There's Man Thing, the Mummy, Frankenstein. I think they call them the Howling Commandos. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they call them the Howling Commandos. But they're like 
the Halloween versions. They got Frankenstein, Man Thing, they got the Mummy. So I wonder if that's going to play into this Halloween special. But they did show Man Thing, so you know Man Thing's part of the MCU now. And you know, like I said, it's a Halloween special, so it's only going to be like 45 minutes. But it's all in black and white. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play. And they said it's going to be a comedy, not a, like a horror thriller. But we'll have to wait and see with that. Definitely, like, interested to see that. So, like I said, they did mention the Fantastic Four. They just mentioned the director from WandaVision, Matt, Mark Shackman, or Mark, Matt, Matt and Mark, or whatever. Shackman is the director. And like I said, I believe the cast has already been signed. They just, I think they want to introduce the Fantastic Four in a post credit scene. But that's just my belief. But having said all that, that's all the stuff I wanted to talk about in this episode. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I will see you next time. Or hopefully you hear me next time. Peace.